Thank you. Morning, everyone. Happy Christmas. Ooh, nice. <laughs> I don't know what that was, but it was lovely. I bet we couldn't do that again. Are you all right? Excellent. Great to see you this morning. I, uh, I love Christmas. My favourite time of the year because I get two weeks holiday. And uh, it's nice. It's really nice. But uh, great to see you all this Christmas. And um, I, um, I have to say, I, I kind of, I find Christmas more of a moving time of the year now than I ever have done, if I'm really, really honest. It, uh, it, it just seems as the years pass by to, to actually mean more to me, not less to me, as I begin to appreciate it more and more. But I thought I'd give you a few tips on how to enjoy your Christmas presents. So have you placed your orders in Miss Santa? You're looking miserable this morning. Anybody would think it was bonfire night or something like that. But um, I, I, hope, I hope you enjoy Christmas. I really, really do. I read this, this great story. And uh, it, it said, uh, it's a true story, by the way. It said, uh, a man was out shopping one year for Christmas presents in the toy department of Hamleys on Christmas Eve. That's quite a posh Christmas place. And... Um, what a marvellous, it's a totally true story. What a marvellous train set, the man said. I'll buy it. And the girl behind the counter looked really pleased and said really quietly, great, I'm sure your son will really enjoy it. And the man replied with a glint in his eye, maybe you're right. In that case, I'll take one for him as well. Do you like that? It's good, isn't it? He got the present for himself. I love that. And I, at Christmas time, I, one of the things I really get, get excited about is, is probably playing with the Christmas presents more than the kids do. I love it. Like when I, when I was growing up, I used to really get excited about Christmas and, and open the presents. I used to absolutely love it. And then when we didn't have kids, they kind of didn't love it quite as much. And now we've got kids again. It's absolutely brilliant because I love watching the delight on their faces. You see, I love Christmas time. I do. I love it. I love absolutely everything there is to love. Uh, but actually, no, that's not true. When I say everything, there's two things I don't like. And uh, I've known you here long enough, or rather you've known me here long enough to guess or to know. Anybody like to hazard a yes? Yes! I think I probably say it every Christmas. So, I wouldn't want to break with tradition. I hate Brussels sprouts. Who likes them here? Oh, man. Who doesn't like them? Oh, there's a few that I'm proud of you. I, I, was, I was asking this question, like, literally last week, because um, I kind of make it a bit of a thing every Christmas to find out who doesn't like them in, in different uh, churches that I'm at. And this lady came up and she was like, when I'd done the survey, and she'd proudly put her hand up to say, yes, in fact, she was one of the ones that, you know, like those who want to really make a point, they put two up. All right. She was like, she got two hands up in the, I'm sure she was trying to put her feet up there as well, just to kind of really make the point. So she came, she made a beeline for me. At the end, I was stood on the door and she came to me. She's like, you know, when somebody's coming to see you and they're on a mission and their eyes, they're like, they're like sort of focused 
and fixed on you like a, an Exocet missile. Well, this was one of those situations. And she had a Christmas hat on, so I've got this slightly, slightly freaky kind of zoned in on me woman with a Christmas hat. And I thought, what have I done? I've probably upset her. And she said to me, why don't you like sprouts? What's wrong with them? So I said, well, they're sprouts. That's why I don't like them. And she said, ah, well, you see, you've not tried my sprouts, have you? And I didn't know whether she was making a statement or asking me a question. Like, maybe I had tried them, but she'd forgotten. I don't know. But I said, no, you're right, love, I haven't. I said, well, why, why do you think I'd like your sprouts? She said, well, what I do? She says, I get bacon. I chop up the bacon. Not, not the thin bacon. What's, what's that, like, Italian thick stuff in... Pancetta, that's it, that's it. So she said, I, I mix it with that. She said, now, I, I lightly boil the sprouts first. I drain off the water. I get loads of butter in the pan. Well, butter's never a bad thing, is it? You know? Who has butter at Christmas who doesn't have it the rest of the year? <laughs> who has it through the whole year? <laughs> I can't afford it. You must be rich. Um, so she said, get it in loads of butter, chop up bacon. She said, and I get some, um, what is it now? Nut Walnuts. Chestnuts, thank you. I'm ever so glad you're here today, I tell you. I'd be stuck without you. Uh, she gets some chestnuts, she, and she, she kind of cuts, crumbles them up a little bit, and she whacks, whacks them in, and then she gets some nutmeg, I think I've got that right, nutmeg, and she whacks that in, and then she gets some garlic, and she whacks that in, she said, that's how you take sprouts. And I'm thinking, all you've done there is disguise the flavour of the sprouts. I don't think with integrity you can now call them sprouts to you. So I'm, now I'm not surprised. But all that said, I'm still, I'm still not going to have a go at them because I can't. I, it's a psychological barrier. It's like, because I think, I don't know if I've told you, but my mum used to mash them up and tell me it was cabbage. So it just that makes you feel ill, doesn't it, that thought. So I don't like sprouts. And then what else? Um, board games. Have we got any board game lovers here? Okay, all right, hands down. Have we got any board game lovers who eat sprouts at the same time? <laughs> uh, see, that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise you. <laughs> I love it, I love it. So I hate board games because I think, like at Christmas, I do, I do unlike sprouts, I won't touch them. Because um, I know people who say, I, I hate sprouts, but at Christmas I have one. Well, you're no sproutator in my book. You've... <laughs> You've sold out. You've completely sold out. A genuine sprout. Okay, if you ate sprouts but you have one at Christmas, put your hands up. I'm innocent. I'm innocent. <laughs> it wasn't me, oh, Your Honour. <laughs> what do you do? Do you eat it? Try and get rid of it. You whack it on their plate, it's a good idea. I'm proud of you, I'm proud of you, all right? But, um, but I hate board games, but at Christmas, like, I, would never, I would never have a sprout at Christmas, forced on me or otherwise, I would never have one, but I do suspend my dislike of board games, because normally, like, we normally get bought a family board game from a friend. Happy Christmas. See, I think board games are appropriately named. Board. I do. So apart from those two things, I absolutely love Christmas. I read another story. Santa Claus, this is again a true story. Santa Claus 
was at the shopping mall and was a bit surprised when a young lady about 20 years old walked up and sat on his lap. Now, we all know that Santa doesn't usually take requests from adults, she smiled, but she smiled at him very nicely. But um, I wonder whether you could help me. And Santa said, what, what would help you enjoy Christmas? She said, I'd like a present for me mum. That's nice, isn't it? Present for me mum. This lady's name was Emily. Something for your mum? Well, that's very loving and thoughtful of you, smiled Santa. What would you like me to bring her? And without turning a hair even, she answered very quickly, a son-in-law. Now, I like that. I like that. I like that. That's not really a present for mum, is it? That's not really a present for mum. But I don't, it's, it can be a nightmare choosing presents and it can be quite stressful choosing presents. I struggle all the time to know what to buy my wife. Any fellas struggle to know what to buy their... The rest of you are just lying through your teeth. You really are. But it can be really, really stressful. And, uh, but I do like Christmas, but I know... For lots of people, Christmas might be a stressful time in terms of choosing presents, but actually it can be more stressful for, for much more important reasons. And that's why I think it's really important to understand what Christmas is really all about. See, actually, Christmas is a beautiful thing. It's an absolutely beautiful thing. It's an amazing thing. When God did give us a gift, but it was a gift of a person, gift of his son. Let me just read to you some uh, well-known words. If you've got a Bible and you're familiar and you want to turn to it, it's John chapter 1, verses 6 to 14. John chapter 1, verses 6 to 14. It says these words, There came a man who was sent from God, his name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light, he came only as a witness to the light. And this is the bit, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. For those of you not familiar with the Bible, that word talks about, it, about Jesus. That's a reference about Jesus. And it says, Jesus became flesh and lived amongst us. Now, every now and then, I like to help people a little bit about to understand a bit of the background and the New Testament is mainly written in Greek with a small smattering of Aramaic thrown in for good measure. But most of it's written in the Greek. And I don't know any Greek, so I'm not going to pretend to know any Greek this morning and try to kind of pronounce any Greek words because we have actual Greek people in the room this morning. And they'll give me that look that my teacher used to give me when I tried to show off. If I start to try and pronounce a Greek word, they'll go... 
so I'm not going to. But what I am going to tell you is that little sentence, what it really means when you dig down and look into it, what it really means, it says the word became flesh and lived amongst us. The word speaking of Jesus, what it really means is Jesus became flesh and lived. It means raised a dwelling. It's a little bit like we've got a builder in the house this morning. It's a little bit like a builder saying, do you know what? I want to build my ideal home in my ideal place in the ideal part of Bradford. Is there an ideal part of Bradford? Yeah, where is it? Idle. Not idle deal, ideal. All right, wherever it is, where would be the, where would be the place? It's a bit subjective, I guess, really, isn't it? Well, just think about the place that you would think, oh, yeah, that's like the place in my heart, the place where I want to really, really live. That's where I'm, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to do everything I can to live there, and I'm going to build the perfect house in that place to my specification, and that's where I am deciding to live because that's my decision. That's where I want to live. That's what it means when it talked about Jesus, the word becoming flesh and living amongst us. That word living means he chose to make his home amongst us. And I think as we begin to tiptoe, maybe for some of us, into Christmas, remember this, ladies and gentlemen, that your, the, your heart, not just this world, yes, this world, but your heart is the ideal home for Jesus. That's where he wants to live. That's where he wants to be. And God sent us his son into this world. I just think it's absolutely amazing. Problem is with Christmas, of course, it's easy to get a bit distracted, isn't it? And uh, so I want to say a couple of things to you uh, about helping us not to get distracted. First of all, don't get wrapped up by the wrapping. Now, why is it you spend really good money on presents for your kids and they seem to enjoy the wrapping paper a lot more? Have you noticed that? They spend ages playing with the wrapping paper and I'm thinking, we've spent a lot of money on those presents. 50p from charity shop, I mean, that's a lot of money, isn't it? We've spent, no, we spend a bit more, don't panic. But it's like easy to get wrapped up in the wrapping of Christmas. I read this great story again about a young girl called Rosalie. And um, somebody wrote this story. And as I was reading it, let me, let me just read it to you. As I read it, it said, Rosalie, my little granddaughter, came home from Sunday school. And I asked her what they'd been studying. Rosalie answered, oh, when Mary heard... Excuse me, she was the mother of Jesus. She sang the Magna Carta. Oh, right, very interesting, I said. What, what else did you learn? She replied, nothing. So I asked her, didn't you study and think about Jesus? Rosalie replied, no, he wasn't even there. Now, I don't know what she was thinking about, but sometimes at Christmas, it is hard to notice Jesus being there because we can think about loads of other stuff and, you know, I just want to throw a little challenge out for those of us here this morning who, who would call ourselves Christians. That is, we're somebody who said yes to God. We've invited Jesus in. We've asked him to forgive us. He has. He's definitely living in our ideal home. He's definitely in there. But Christmas can be mad and can be busy. And sometimes as Christians, we can go through all the form of singing the carols and going to all the services and going to church. And that's brilliant and right that we do that. But sometimes we can easily fly through Christmas and Jesus wasn't even there. 
And I wonder maybe where Jesus is in your Christmas. I wonder where Jesus is in your life. Maybe you're here this morning and you've not invited Jesus in into your ideal home, into your life. Easy to go through Christmas, easy to go through life. Not really thinking about Jesus, not really inviting him in. I love the fact that we had all those different readings from around the world. One of the most famous sentences in the Bible sums it up for me. It says, for God so loved the world. It is a great reminder at Sunbridge Road Mission, isn't it, that God loves the world. You can't fail to see that God loves the world. When you come and attend this church and you see all the different people from all the different nationalities, it's a great reminder that God loves the world, that Jesus made the world his ideal home, that whether you're from the north of the globe, the east of the globe, the west of the globe, the south of the globe, Jesus loves you. Jesus forgives you. And that, and that kind of has a little switch in it, that little sentence, because it makes the statement that God so loved the world, it's a global statement. But then it makes this very personal statement. Because sometimes when you're thinking about the world and the globe, it's, it's easy to forget about your place in it. But for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. It's that what? Whoever. Whoever. Makes it personal, doesn't it? Whoever believes and trusts in him will not die, but will have everlasting life. This Christmas, as we begin to tiptoe into Christmas, I mean, I'm firmly in it now. I've had about nine Christmas events I've already done, so I'm like proper, I'm already bored of Michael Buble. And I love Buble. I love Buble. About mid-November, I start playing Buble. All right, the problem is by the end of November, you're all boo-blade out, do you know what I mean? And, uh, but I'm on to Pentatonics at the moment. Anybody heard of Pentatonics? How good are Pentatonics? Two great albums. If you've never listened to them, just listen to them. They're, the sounds that come out of just voices is astounding. But it is easy as you tiptoe into Christmas and start to maybe go to your office Christmas party or your kids' nativity shows and and services. It's easy to get caught up in all the tinsel and the turkey and the wrapping and to forget about what Jesus is or what Christmas is really all about, that the word Jesus became flesh. So don't, um, don't get caught up in all the wrapping. Uh, don't, but also don't forget what it took. I love this. I love this. It's amazing what you find uh, when, when you're Googling, isn't it? And um, when I was preparing for this talk, I did a bit of Googling, and I, I come across this list, um, this uh, little um, fact, I guess. According to the Alaska Department of Fish and Game, while both male and female reindeer grow antlers in the summer each year, male reindeer drop their antlers at the beginning of winter. Did you know that? Who knew that? Okay. Who didn't know that? Okay. Who wished that they still didn't know that? Stop it, stop it. Work with me. You're supposed to be my friends, you lot. So yeah, um, so uh, where did they get up to? Oh, male and reindeer drop their antlers at the beginning of winter, usually late November to mid-December. Female reindeer retain their antlers. Did you know that? Yeah. Apparently, 
till after they give birth in the spring. Don't know whether there's a link there. Therefore, according to every historical rendition depicting Santa's reindeer, every single one of them, from Rudolph to Blitzen, had to be a girl. Has that ruined anybody's Christmas this morning? Shattered it, hasn't it? You're going to go and cry yourself to sleep now. But then as I was reading this, I thought to myself, well, we should have known, really, because only women would be able to drag a fat man in a red velvet suit all around the world in one night without getting lost. I mean, that's... I couldn't be down to blokes to do that. We'd get lost, wouldn't we? I don't know how true, I don't know how true the, the facts are, but you, you suggest it's definitely true. There's going to be a lot of big journeys. And I guess when we think about Christmas and like think about the story of Santa, it's, it's a pretty seismic journey, isn't it? Like, like in one night he's kind of travelled and there's, there is a Santa Watch website as well I don't know if you've, if you've ever seen that and some of you are smiling you, you clearly look at that and follow that that's alright, it's not a problem it's not real no it's not a problem it's not a problem it really really isn't but it's, it's, it's a pretty sizable journey isn't it and then we begin to think about the three wise men well that was a pretty sizable journey in fact we're led to believe from the pictures that they were there on the night, but actually, in truth, if you analyse when they found out about the journey, it, it, was, it was some time after, which is why you can leave your wise men up after Christmas Day when you pull all your decorations down, a little bit of teaching for you there. There's some seismic journeys, and indeed, in fact, even the journey that Mary and Joseph did, that was a big journey. I mean, they travelled all that distance Quite a long distance. So, and, and, and do you know what? You go on some seismic journeys. Some of you, I'm sure, go away to see people at Christmas. You look forward to that moment in time when you go to the in-laws. Anybody actually look forward? I do. I go to Mid Wales, go see me in-laws, and there's lots of travelling, and it's a nightmare on the motorways, because people go on motorways at Christmas who don't go on them the rest of the year, and you can tell. They normally do about 35 miles an hour on the inside lane, and just as you're passing, they pull out on you, or they leave their indicator on for the whole journey. <laughs> I got a little bit passionate there, sorry about that. It's just a little bit of experience there, a little bit of bitter experience. But for all the great and fantastic journeys that there'll be, I want to say to you, it does take a lot of effort for Christmas, but I want you to remember what it took for the biggest, the longest, the most significant journey that ever, ever, ever has taken place. When the Word became flesh and lived amongst us. When Jesus left heaven to come to planet earth that is the biggest journey of any christmas and the journey from of jesus from heaven to earth meant that you and i could have a journey from earth to heaven that's the wonderful thing remember all the effort that it took for jesus to come down here i read this great story it was in a school in newtown and it was a nativity play and imagine the scene. You've got the inn at Bethlehem on Christmas Eve. And uh, this is, I, I, I don't know if any of you have heard of a guy called Gervais Finn. Have you heard of Gervais Finn? Brilliant. He was a school inspector um, for quite a long time. I think in North Yorkshire, wasn't he? And he's written 
a number of books. If you ever get a chance to see him live, do. He's absolutely brilliant. He's written a number of books. And he, he did one uh, called A Wayne in a Manger. I don't know if you've, if you've ever read it. And, and one of the stories, I think this one's actually from there. It's a, and so it's a true story about, uh, and all, they're all true stories about kind of nativity scenes in different schools. And it says, so the scene is the inn at Bethlehem on Christmas Eve. And then the, here's Joseph. Joseph says, do you have any room at the inn? The innkeeper, slightly overplaying his role and completely forgotten what he's want to be saying, what he was meant to say, said, yes, plenty, come on in. And Joseph is just left there, not quite knowing what to do because he was expecting, no, no, no room. Do you remember that bit of the nativity? And all of a sudden he's confronted with, yeah, come in, lad. He got loads of room. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what to do because he's been given a warm welcome. He wasn't expecting a warm welcome. He was expecting, well, we've got a little shed at the back of the inn, but we, we haven't got any room in the inn. Expecting a, a cold welcome. And I wonder what welcome you'll give to Jesus this year. Will it be a warm welcome? Yeah, come in. Because he's been on a massive journey for you. He's been on a pretty seismic journey. He's been on a painful journey. See, what I love about Advent is it's the journey towards Christmas. It's the expectancy of the arrival of Jesus. And what I love about Christmas is we celebrate that he's arrived. And there's almost this sense where we go, well, he's arrived now. That's it. Job done. We won't. See, if you follow the journey of Jesus, you'll realise that he had an incredible life where he went round impacting people and making a difference. And that journey through life took him to the journey to the cross where he took the punishment for the wrong of the whole world. And that journey from the cross took him to a journey where he wandered around for about 40 days after his crucifixion. And then that journey, after he'd been around on the face of the earth for 40 days, appearing to lots and lots of people, that journey took him into heaven. And that was when his journey was complete. But of course, there's a bit of journeying for us left here on the earth. I wonder whether Jesus gets a warm welcome or a cold welcome. It's a long journey. Remember what it took. And then finally, don't put him away with the decorations. I am, um, <clears throat> when we do the decorations, our house gets a big clean once a year. And it's just about, we only do the big clean in the rooms where we're putting decorations. It has a massive clean. Emma won't let us put any decorations up until we've done the big clean. So we do the big clean, then we put the decks up, and we have Christmas, and then we pull the decks down and have you ever sat down when all your decorations have been pulled down and the house feels empty? Didn't it feel weird? Because it's like clean. And we're not used to it clean. I mean, maybe you are. Maybe your house is pristine through the rest of the year. But it feels bare and it feels empty. And it's, like, it's almost like in putting away the decorations in the loft, we've put away something else. And I want to say to you, if we get to Christmas and get to the end of the Christmas and Jesus, we don't really think about him or he doesn't get a look in through the rest of the year, your ideal home is going to feel bare. It's going to feel empty. I want to help you celebrate Christmas. I really, really do. 
I want you to have the best Christmas you've ever, ever had. But in order to do that, you've got to give Jesus a warm welcome. Wherever you are, whatever your background, nationally, whatever your background class-wise, whatever your background education-wise, one of the lovely things about the Christmas scene is you have the wise men who were bright people and you have the shepherds who were the humble people who were kind of, they were kind of the despised people of the day, really. And you have this broad spectrum of people at the Christmas scene. And I think we've got a pretty broad spectrum of people in life, right? Pretty broad spectrum of people in life. Pretty broad spectrum of people here in this room, both nationally or globally, cultures-wise, backgrounds, education, experiences of God, thoughts about God. But here's what I love about Jesus. He has chosen to live in your world, but you've got to let him in. You've got to let him in. He's not just going to burst through the door like an unwelcomed family member at Christmas. You've got to invite him in. You've got to let him in. You've got to give him space. So I'd like to give you an opportunity to make some space available for Jesus. Actually, not just this Christmas, but in life. Let's pray. Musicians are going to just play for us gently in the background. But I'd like to just give a little bit of space this morning. I've deliberately uh, tried to create a bit more space this morning in my, in my talk because I'd like us to, to think personally so I would just ask you as, as the music's playing in the background. I'd just like you to consider Jesus this morning. And first of all, I'd, li I'd like to just kind of chat to those of us here who at this moment in time, you've never said yes to Jesus. One of my favourite carols says, in the bleak midwinter, I love the last verse that says, what can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. Yet what can I give him? Give him my heart. If you're here this morning and you've never given Jesus your heart, you've never thrown open your life to him, you've never invited him in, you've never asked him to forgive you, yeah, you've maybe thought about him at Christmas, maybe even at Easter, but the only time you've really thought about him is at his birth and at his death. Maybe you've never met him in his life. And seriously, Jesus stands just waiting to be invited in today. He, he wants you to meet his life. 
So if you're here today and you've never said yes to God, then right where you are now, in the stillness and quietness of your own heart and mind, just say yes to God. Saying yes to God simply means you say, yes, God, I don't want to live life without you anymore. I want to live life with you. Saying yes to God simply means that you ask him to forgive you for leaving him out. Saying yes to God means that with his help you start on a journey to follow him. So if you've never said yes to God, then right where you are, just now in the stillness and quietness of your own heart, say yes to him, say it now to him. Don't put it off, say it now. You've heard people from all over the world who've read in their own language the truth of something that they believe from the Bible. Yes, God, just say it to him now. And my prayer for you this morning is that as you say yes to God, you'll realise that Christmas was all about God saying yes to you. Maybe you're here this morning and you're saying, Matt, you know, I'm not really in that place where I can say like a big yes to God. And I would invite you just to make a commitment to find out more, to intentionally make a commitment. Jesus intentionally came to us. Why don't you intentionally make a commitment to find out more? Might be that you're making a commitment to God or maybe even making a commitment to yourself. I call it saying a little yes. If you're here, why don't you commit to going on a journey and set off this morning on that journey to meet Jesus? And do that by coming along to different Christmas events. This church has got lots of stuff happening over Christmas. You can come along to that. You can talk to people that you know. You can simply say to God, God, help me to discover you. My prayer for those of you saying a little yes is that you'd meet him on that journey. Might be that you're here this morning and you're saying to me, Mark, I'm not really ready to to make a full commitment to God, even to really kind of make this massive decision to really find out more. But I wonder whether I would just ask you a little question. Are you, are you open-minded to considering God and the reality of God? And if you are, I wonder whether you might commit to what I call being a healthy maybe. It's just making a commitment to stay open-minded, never to, never to close it down. Maybe you could even inside in, internally, internally say, oh yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a healthy maybe. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay open-minded in a really healthy way. But then one other group of people I'd like just to address this morning, and, and that is very simply those of us who would say, Yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I love I love Jesus. I've I've welcomed him into my home. You know, I stay in lots of people's homes. They know about it, it's fine. Stay in lots of people's homes. 
And some, lots of people say to me, make yourself at home and you know they really mean it. And you can, you feel relaxed, but just occasionally you don't feel relaxed. And I wonder whether those of us who are Christians, as we start to tiptoe into Christmas, whether we, we might just want to say to Jesus, make yourself at home, Jesus, and really mean it. That nowhere's off limits for him. Spread out and enjoy yourself, Jesus. So, Father, for all of us this morning, as we, as we kind of start to uh, get into Christmas, as we start now just, in a sense, to ramp up the celebrations. Lord, we've been thinking a little bit about it, but now as the kind of, it gets closer and closer and closer. Father, I pray, whoever we are this morning, whether we're a big yes, a little yes, or a healthy maybe, or whether we're a committed Christian, uh, Lord, I pray that you'd, you'd find a home in our hearts this Christmas. And Lord, as we sing those great carols, as we listen to those great readings, may we become even more aware of the, the magnificence, the amazingness of Jesus turning up into our world and wanting to live in our hearts. And I pray for every single person in this place, Lord, in this room, that we'll look back to this day and recognise it as a day where we connected with you. Lord, help us to celebrate Christmas, but do you know what? Help us to celebrate life with you in it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Just before I hand back over, <coughs> uh, in the, uh, the room at the end where the mince pies will be served, I'm just going to be, as you go out through these doors here and start to exit through the main doors at the back, I'm just going to be to the right-hand side with a few booklets. Um, I've written this booklet for people who've said either a big yes, a little yes, or a healthy maybe to God. If it's okay with you, I'm just going to simply ask you to fill in this little card, which I'm going to give to Pastor Phil, uh, one of the, the leaders here at the church. And it says, I said yes to God, or I'd like to find out more. You tick which box best represents what you were saying this morning. And uh, you don't have to do that to get a booklet. You can still get one. If you're a little bit nervous, maybe send somebody that invited you, but help us to help you on the next step. So I'll be just there. I'll, I'll have a cup of tea in my hand and I'll have a mince pie in my hand, um, which somebody will very kindly bring to me. At this stage, I normally get about nine cups of tea, so I'm looking forward to nine mince pies also. Now, I do promise to give them the extra mince pies back, but um, have a fantastic Christmas, and I pray that the beauty and loveliness of Christmas will come alive for you and for me, whoever we are and wherever we are in life. Amen. Thank you. God bless.